you know, they, they could bring back the Women's Christian Temperance Union in, in Evanston and they have no drinking. I mean, if that's what you want, be careful what you wish for. <laughs> Live on digital media from the vast and spacious VPod TV studios in beautiful Oak Brook, Illinois, where Ronald McDonald was once king and now he's not. It's the Weekly Wrap with your host, broadcasting legend, Bruce Wolf. And his trusty sidekick, former Liberty Magazine editor, Breitbart contributor, Tim Slagle. This week's very, very special guest, broadcasting legend in his own right, sports media pioneer, Mike North. And now, without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, Bruce Wolf. And it is Bruce Wolf and Tim Slagle on the weekly wrap. I'm knocking, uh, should at least tell a knock-knock joke, right? <laughs> Aren't you glad I didn't say banana again? The... Uh, so uh, I know this is not your bailiwick sports. Yeah, not at all. Uh, but, uh, you know, for example, you probably didn't know that Tony La Russa, who, who do you know, even know who Tony La Russa is? I have is? no idea Okay, who that uh, is. a lot of people thought that he was gone forever, but he's a geriatric, he's the geriatric manager of the White Sox. Uh, oh, okay, that I knew. Yep. He, uh, he came back, and there's a lot of ageism going on. So uh, they, uh, he's being criticized by the young Turks on sports radio these days, specifically to wit. Uh, he uh, chided uh, star player Yermin Mercedes uh, on the uh, – and, and, and it's funny because that Mercedes actually wears the Mercedes logo uh, right on, on his helmet instead of the socks thing, which I think is a violation of uh, the Major League dress code. But he uh, – he uh, swung at a 3-0 and pitch from a position player that had been thrown into the game by the Minnesota Twins because the White Sox were pounding on them, and he hit a home run. Uh, and that's against baseball etiquette. This is the stuff. I, I can't believe that you're not <laughs> riveted <laughs> by this I, kind of I, stuff. I have no idea what happened. Why don't you care about <laughs> baseball? I'm still wondering. I'm still wondering okay. about the Mercedes logo on the batting helmet. There, well, all right. But I know you do care about cheerleaders because that's universal, oh. Oh, right? Oh, yeah, absolutely. So the, why else would you watch football? Well, uh, except for those, except for those little little moments, those little millisecond <laughs> moments when the camera goes by the sideline, and you just they get used a, to dwell on them much more. Yeah, uh, and as, and I I will say I, I'm not saying there's a causal nexus here. Uh, I might be guilty of postdoc ergo propter hoc, but do you know do you do know that the Bears have not won a Super Bowl since the Honey Bears cheerleading squad was disbanded. They were disbanded after the 1985 Super Bowl season, and the Bears have not won a Super Bowl since. Uh-huh. So there might be some, some relationship there. Sure. Maybe there were some relationships with Bears personnel or something. <laughs> that's why there's no longer the Honey Bears. But uh, anyway, uh, thank you, Ed. But uh, no, uh, could yeah, you well, get the voice a little bit deeper, a little bit more resonant? Oh, there you go. Oh. So the Northwestern cheerleaders, you know, nobody cares about Northwestern sports. Even the Northwestern students, I went to Northwestern. The whole idea of going to Northwestern is to be a snob. Because you have to be a snob because you're really a University of Chicago wannabe, which doesn't have football at all. Uh, They got, uh, but, but Northwestern, uh, tries to there's kind walk of a, there's the kind of a, there, there, this I know I know this about sports is the better the college the worse their sports teams you would think although there are nobody reason. at Harvard identifies as an athlete right right uh, <laughs> <laughs> they uh, they identify as uh, Asians unfortunately and they don't get in uh, they don't get into maybe ping pong maybe, yeah, there you maybe go. the ping pong so Northwestern 
uh, had, has a, had a, uh, a big contretemps here over the uh, cheerleaders squad. A cheerleader accused the at newly named athletic director, and he got the job because nobody else really wanted it. All right, so he <laughs> I think got, it's the official scapegoat. He, he got the, the uh, job, and I think he was part of the office of equity before then. Of course. You know, my sister used to be part of the civil rights division of something in the federal government, and she said there were more civil rights suits from employees in that department than there were, like, in the rest of the country. And you'd think that there wouldn't be in something that was called the Office of Civil Rights because everybody would be aware of, you know, all the rules. But all that does is serve to inspire people to file lawsuits because they're so everybody, sensitive. Because everybody yeah. knows the rules. Yeah, right. <laughs> so uh, if you create an office of equity, ask, you're asking for lawsuits. So what happened was, is this one cheerleader uh, complained that the uh, this, this guy who was later named the athletic director and has since resigned from the position over, over public pressure, there was even a, a, a march in Evanston over this, this guy, uh, she complained that she had been groped at tailgate parties by wealthy donors, probably drunk wealthy donors, <laughs> and and uh, and she her complaints were not taken seriously. Uh, me being very old school, Northwestern class of seventy five, it's like, well, that's kind of what's supposed to happen at a tailgate party. <laughs> They're supposed to get drunk and touch you. No, I understand the times have changed, uh, but you know, at, at some point, I think they're. Um, if you're not willing to be goosed, they're going to kill the golden goose of cheerleading uh, to begin with because you got to show – and the director of the cheer, the spirit leader or whatever uh, said – just – I imagine her with a cigarette in her mouth and saying, honey, uh, just uh, just go with it. There's creeps out there. They're going to – they'll try and touch you. But it probably shouldn't happen. Uh, you shouldn't be uh, – but but the the complaint – I think there was a – they made a federal case out of it. There was a, a complaint filed. Uh, in court, and 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 the uh, the attorney who wrote it was just absolutely astonished and aghast that these cheerleaders had to wear skimpy outfits, and and <laughs> and subject themselves to the leers of of fans. And yet, but, but see, that's what cheerleading is: is wearing a skimpy outfit, and then. Yeah, yeah enough, a lot yeah. of people aren't going to get excited about the cheerleaders dressed like fundamental fundamentalist Mormons. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, you know, they, they could bring back the Women's Christian Temperance Union in, in Evanston and they have no drinking. I mean, if that's what you want, be careful what you wish for. So uh, there was another cheerleader, uh, a black cheerleader, who's also complained, and she may file a lawsuit because she wasn't allowed to wear braids. Uh, natural hair. That policy has since been changed. But she also uh, was complaining that she would be standing there on the sidelines with some of her fellow black cheerleaders, and the director of the cheerleading said, that was bad for optics. We'd like you to mix, get together and everything. And of course, she she didn't want to do that. And I just find it funny that, you know, here we are, uh, when was Brown versus the Board of Education in 1954? Uh, and they're trying to bring back Plessy versus Ferguson, 1895. <laughs> no, we want it to be separate but equal. <laughs> so they want to resegregate. <laughs> and, I mean, no, the idea is that we all get together and we mix it up, at least at least for the optics' sake. But uh, so that's that's the gist of that. Which, uh, uh, which cheerleading is? Cheerleading is all about the optics. I mean, it, no, it isn't. It's a 
about <laughs> it's about oh, getting on. on each other's shoulders and doing gymnastics and there's competitions and everything. You're you see, so that's old exactly, school. Exactly, that's exactly. That's the your problem, white privilege. Is we started treating cheerleading like a legitimate sport, and that happened probably sometime the late '80s, early '90s, and and since then it's uh, uh, you're supposed to respect cheerleaders now, whereas before they were kind of uh, it's kind of a joke, really. I think before then. Well, I. I thought, you know, when I was growing up, it depends what age you were, is that, you know, that was the ideal, was to date a cheerleader. Sure. I, I thought. Sure. And so I didn't look at it as a joke at all. That's, that, that's what got, that's what, <laughs> exactly, that's what got the guys to try out for football was, uh, you, you have to, that's you, how you get to date the cheerleader is you got to I believe be there the was football. a song, you want to be a, got to be a football hero to get along with the beautiful girls. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. Yeah. 1880s, that's what I was talking about, not right. 1980s. Right, <laughs> So uh, then they have these like pep squads. And I, I must, I'm, I guess I'm so old, but this was when my kids were kids. And it, so this is like 25, 30 years ago or whatever. The, you'd see the, them do these pep routines at halftime. And it looked like a bunch of hookers out there. I, it was just, oh my goodness, it. Oh, that the, 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 the jutting the, like the and the dancing and the yeah. thrusting, and yeah. not just getting in the pyramid and doing the claps. Well, the claps is the <laughs> thing that we were worried about. Uh, I, I think so. Yeah, you go to a football game, a high school football game on a Friday night, and it was the land of ten thousand bra straps. There would be you just, it's all these, and these girls were made up, and it was, it just wasn't as simple and modest. It's, I, I, I have a niece, I probably shouldn't be saying this, I have a niece, she was uh, in color guard for University of Michigan, mm-hmm. and they told her, they actually told her how to do her makeup. That's, uh, okay. They, there's, uh, so, you know, you were talking about the braids earlier, that they do have very strict dress code. They, you know, these are the colors you're allowed to choose for your makeup. This is how you do the makeup. Right. And but it is kind of, I mean, I can understand. uniform. Here's the thing, I can understand wanting to change the policy. But do you have to make a federal case out of it? <laughs> I mean, that, that's the thing. I mean, can't this be done within the community there? But uh, you're an attorney. What's going to what's going to have a better settlement? <laughs> well, I well, here's what I would I would say is, don't don't get the policy changed. These are wealthy donors. They have deep pockets. If you get fondled by one of them, sue them because, you know, normally, you know, we don't want the case because, you know, they don't have insurance, you know, it's hard, the insurance doesn't cover it. But you don't have to worry about a wealthy Northwestern donor. You're just go after them. And uh, so you want the policy change, uh, you're going to you're going to That's not a bad it. idea. Yeah. I, sh- I should be handing out your business card at uh, tailgate parties to yeah. cheerleaders. Yeah, yeah, because the commission on these podcasts <laughs> is uh, not actually paying the freight these days. No, I get that. Well, coming up to t- discuss this issue will be the one and only Mike North, the legend of Chicago. Please recognize that. Yeah, before I we, do. You I'm do know who impressed. Mike North is. No, Mike North is like the – if there's a Mount Rushmore – of uh, sports talk in Chicago, okay, AM sports talk, uh, not <laughs> FM. No, it, it, Mike North is really the George Washington. Is on the rush. Uh, uh, and you would Mount be Rushmore you would be the crazy horse talk. over on the other mountain, uh, uh, wouldn't you? <laughs> don't talk about my people that way. Hi oh. So we will have Mike North to discuss that issue and other. We'll exhaust that in about a minute, and he'll say, "Bruce, I, I really don't care about that. <laughs> I don't care about Northwestern cheerleaders. I went to Sen High School for crying out loud." 
Newly appointed athletic director Mike Poliski has stepped down. But tonight, in his resignation letter, Poliski said it was time to move on. Quote, I do not want to be a distraction to our incredible men and women as they pursue a collective goal to help our student athletes become the best they can be. While my family and I are disappointed, I move forward knowing this is the right decision, unquote. Wow. Uh, Bruce Wolf and uh, Tim Slagle. Ouch. I'm, I'm a <laughs> weekly ramp. I think that uh, you see that card there of the uh, I think Thomas Amazing. Jefferson would be given like less space. We hold these truths to be self-evident, dot, dot, dot. You know, we don't have time for that, but we'll have this whole resignation statement. Well, this is beyond my can. I, we have to bring in an expert, Tim, to talk about this. And you don't know about sports, and I don't know anything about sports either, although I was a sportscaster for a number of years, but I was a charlatan. Fortunately, we have the man who I said before in the last segment, if there was a Mount Rushmore of uh, Chicago sports, sports. Ca- Chicago radio sports talk, AM, no, no, just Chicago, maybe national as well. Mike North would be on it. He'd be in the George Washington position. He really inspired the score. I'm so glad I didn't take that job, and he took it. <laughs> Mike, thanks so much for joining us. We appreciate it. How you doing? Hey, you're part of the lore, baby. I, I am. Mean, I am. The guy who chickened out. So, you, you have nothing to be ashamed of, buddy. You had a, <laughs> you've had a wonderful career in the chat, chit chat. When I was selling hot dogs. That was my favorite character. It always has been. Really, And uh, I just want, yeah, I love Chet 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 because it was after Copic, who yeah. I used to call Vanilla. I used to tell him that. <laughs> he told me I wouldn't last six months. The station wouldn't last, last six months. Oh, I knew I was man. in for something when that happened. But those were the days, my friend. Those were good times. I got to tell you, I mean, I, I do like the trip down memory lane. Screw Northwestern and their cheerleaders for a second. Uh, I heard your first broadcast. I listened to because I had to hear it. And uh-huh. and I if, if you tell me, because my memory plays tricks on me, I believe that it was a big sports day. I think Jim Lefevre was named the manager of the Cubs that day. Maybe it was around the time that Wanstead got the job. And I had always said the Bears are at least three coaches away from winning another Super Bowl. Who knew I was at least <laughs> there were 10 away? Uh, and, and I said, oh, this is what it's all about. And you were what it's all about. Well... I'll tell you what was fortunate is that I was doing a handicap show on the radio back in 1989 on small time radio before this podcasting and, and, and texting and before phones and before this and that. And, um, I, I was handicapping football in the eighties. I thought it was the next big thing. (laughs) Yeah. Little did we know that we were still trying to figure out the rules in 2021, but you were 40 years ahead of your time. That's what it comes down to. It was crazy. And then, and then Danny, a guy named Danny Lee from WXRT came into my hot dog stand, like all the XRT people did, because they were like about a mile and a half, two miles away. They, I met Robert Plant. I met Johnny Hyatt. I met. Uh, what kind of hot had, dog did uh, Robert Plant like? Robert Plant said to me, "What's a combo with hot peppers?" I said, "You've had worse, I'm sure." <laughs> but he didn't ask for ketchup. He didn't ask for ketchup on a Chicago hot dog. He didn't ask for dog. ketchup. Okay. Skinny little thing walked in with two girls that were about 25 years old. Sure. In fact, uh, in fact, I think we delivered. We delivered because Robert Plant wouldn't leave the studio that day. But other people came in from Jack McDowell. I mean, we had celebrities coming in. Pat Bruno came in, checked out our brownies. But Danny really? Lee came in, and I said, maybe, you know, he's going to start a jazz station. I said, maybe you should try maybe a sports station. They're starting to crop up. There's 12 of them right now. <laughs> I kept 
I was a weirdo. I kept track of that stuff, WFAN in New York. Sure. And that's what he ended up doing. I got the job, and then the just, rest is history. Just, but this canceling business and this stuff with Northwestern. Now, was, wait a minute, Mike. I have to interrupt you uh, yeah. telling your story because I have to say, Danny Lee walked into my father's hardware store on Fullerton and Clark, Arlington Hardware, and he heard me. My father was listening to me doing a high school football game. I used to imitate Jack Brickhouse. It was basically sure. out of the huddle they come. Everything was out of the huddle they come. Hey, hey. Uh, right, right. I think I did cup as well. Uh, Jack, I don't know where the ball is. You know. So anyway, I'm doing So uh, And he hears me, and he says, hey, we're going to do these features at 5. Uh, we want a, a sportscast for a non-sports-oriented audience. And that's how I got the athlete's feeds job on XRT, and that really right. launched me. So Danny Lee, who recently died, he should rest in peace. Yes. Uh, both of us, he's walking into stores. <laughs> that's, that's what he what did. It comes he walked in my hot dog stand. Then he sent in a guy named Ron Gleason, and Ron Gleason was the program director from what I found out later was going to be the sports station that I suggested to him, and oh. he decided to abandon WJZZ, where he'd already bought the call letters for jazz. Oh, okay. Um, so he went home that weekend, Bruce, and he went home, and after I talked to him about sell, trying the sports station, he was supposed to meet with his people on Monday to decide, you know, how the format was going to be and everything else, and he bought the Sun-Times and the Tribune when they were both huge papers, yeah. and, the Su- and the Sunday ones, and he counted the ads in the entertainment section. He found two, three, found a couple jazz ads. Then he went to the sports section, which back in the day was thicker than the regular paper right. is now. And there were like 35, 40 ads. And that's mm-hmm. when he made the decision that Monday morning to walk back in uh, to a room of music people and tell them we're doing sports. Ouch. And they said, <laughs> we don't know anything about sports. Are you going to listen to that goofy hot dog guy? He goes, we may not know anything about sports, but we're going to learn. And he put together a three-show station that dominated in radio that was dust to dawn. That will never happen again. No, it was beautiful. It was, it was a yeah. beautiful he, thing, as you might have said back in the day. But a lot of people yeah. didn't think it was. I knew that it he was going to be a winner. That's a loss back in the day, remember? Oh, totally, totally. So let's yeah. go to Northwestern right now and uh, the cancel culture right here. I mean, what do, you, what do you make of this? Well, I think that it's a dangerous time right now. I've been thinking, I, I tweet, but I've, I've made my bones coming back. Uh, working for ESPN and working for Win Daily Sports and working for Bears Barroom. I've done real well, but I've done it through handicapping. And now it's getting to the point, Bruce, where no matter what, there's a mob out there to shout you down. If you argue about Justin Fields, okay, some guy on Twitter is going to answer you with a Justin Fields picture on his profile. You're not even arguing with somebody that's got any type of uh, unbiased opinion at this. You're automatically, when they bring up, are you a racist? Are you kidding me? I wanted Vince Evans to start for the Bears. They don't even know who Vince Evans is. Hey, beat the Packers in the last game of the season in that one year, 62-7, to good old number eight. Look, here's the thing. Uh, I was playing golf the other day with a guy uh, who, uh, he, he... before the first tee, he nailed me as being a Trump voter, and I thought we, I wasn't going to make it through 18 holes. But no. at one point, I, I, I started talking about sports, and the guy says, uh, uh, oh, I, I hate the Bears. And I said, why? He says, well, first of all, I was surprised they, they actually – they actually got a black quarterback. He thought that they were racist, that they wouldn't get a black quarterback. Now, do you think that Ryan Pace took passed over Deshaun Watson? Rich Campbell wrote a 295-paragraph opus in the Tribune about how Ryan Pace made a, a mistake or, or how what his thinking process was, but there was uh, no mention of racism there in, no. in uh, uh, 
not taking Deshaun Watson, but that's what we get. We get a guy who's against, he thinks it's George Hallis of 1949, and it's not right, uh, right now. Well, I'll tell you about the Northwestern case. I think Mike Poliski, who I know, I know Mike because I worked for the Rush as an announcer for a couple of years with Tom Dorr. Okay. And Mike Poliski was there. And Mike was a good guy. Ran a pretty tight ship. But the family becomes involved in this. And what happens is there's leaks then. I don't know anything about the case. It's his word against their word. It, Northwestern had an investigation, but who knows how that went about. Uh, but I do know this, that if you want to continue to drag your family through things, and there may be other things that come out because of that, that's why you see people resign. It's not worth it. Oh, I had right. a guy tell me one time, he goes, I'm going to sue this guy. I go, why would you even go through that? Why do you want to sue anybody? You know what? Try to move on because all you're going to do, and I think you're a lawyer if I'm not mistaken. I actually you, am. Yes, I am. <laughs> all you're going to do is make lawyers money, and yes. you're going to drag your own agony through this. So I think now, and I was bringing it up earlier, I'm thinking I've been doing this handicapping thing, and I've been doing real well. I mean, so well that ESPN even came after me, which I think is a bigger comeback than Tiger coming yes. back, if you want to know the truth of Absolutely. it. If, if, they, if the truth was told in this town that Mike North works for ESPN and, is do, and we're doing real well with Carmen DeFalco, that would be a comeback story. But, see, they've always hated me. The main, main, mainstream media has always hated me because I don't sugarcoat it. Mike, if you, went, go, you go to ESPN, it's like when Jim McMahon became a Green Bay Packer. <laughs> I don't know if I can take that. I don't know if I can but take that. I didn't that. have the bite I had, Bruce. I'm a nice guy. Yeah, you know, yeah. I'll tell you You're something. kind of toothless now. I noticed that. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah you put in, you know what you did? I think it was the seminal moment for the score. It was you're interviewing Michael McCaskey. And right. up to that time, the broadcast people, I mean, maybe the newspaper people would be tough, but the broadcast people, you, you know, it's the Bears guy. You know, it you don't do squares, anything. And you basically said to him, You do your family screwed us over. I mean, it, it, it McCaskey said, didn't know what idiot. hit him. You're <laughs> he told me I was silly. I go, if I'm silly, what the hell are you? What do you I mean it got personal and we never talked after that. Aww. He's I'm sorry he died. You didn't like his topiary at Soldier Field? He used to cut, like, uh, figures of Walter Payton into the vines at Soldier Field the last 25 <laughs> years, I believe. Well, you know, I, I really, it turned uh, his whole family off when I said his mother fired him. I mean, that's the ultimate. Ouch. Uh, Ouch. There I mean, you go. But that's the ultimate deal. But but that's, that's when you could be honest. But they've been trying, you know, you told me this was going to be about canceling. The mainstream media in town's been trying to cancel. They tried to cancel the score the first six months. Absolutely, we ruined everything for the electronic media. And the Mike, new, we gotta, know, we gotta go. We'll come right back with more. Okay. I gotta tell you, did the Bears fly in commercial or did they fly first class? First class. All right, get better. Get they were by far the best ones. Everyone and else. I'll never forget. They flew Rashad Salam commercial, and he left. He got out of the plane. He was wearing a 49er jacket. I'll never forget <laughs> that. The guy's our number one pick. I go, this guy ain't going to make it. He thinks he's in California. But he was on the weed, though. Oh, he was? <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. There you go. Hey, See, that's not a good thing. You're just milk. Hey, straight milk and everything straight else, Straight milk right? and cookies. That's yeah. right, man. Yeah, milk and cookies. Milk and, and cookies. It. I'm happy. That's right. You on the wagon right now? On the wagon. All right, good. That's good. I'm on the wagon too. It's boring, yeah. isn't it? No, I enjoy it. You enjoy it? <laughs> yeah. All right. But well, when you're off, it's it's tough. I'll, you, you'll be back in a couple of years. You'll be doing beer commercials. We're gonna take a break. <laughs>
Bruce Wolf and Tim Slagle on the weekly wrap. And that was Mike North, who's our guest right now. Mike, I mean, you look fantastic in that. Well, that was Erlacher, what, 20 years ago, right? <laughs> yeah, that's 99 or no, 2006, 2005, 2006. It was when he's a rookie, whatever the hell it was. But I'll tell you this. Another relationship that went awry. I mean, we oh, were good friends. I didn't know. Well, what. Yeah, because I dare. Doug Buffon said he couldn't. He couldn't shed a block for two years. I mean, he's like <laughs> awesome. he's doing the show. Hey, can, what am I, what's didn't he was Buffon? A safety. Didn't Buffon? Oh, oh boy, you you do think he deserved to be in the Hall of Fame, don't you? Or you were uh, in that first ballot. I saw Buckus play. If Buckus was if, sure. if Brian Urlacher. I mean, Ray Lewis and Brian Urlacher played at the same time. How many fingers of referees did Brian Urlacher bite off? None. Absolutely none. none. Butkus did. I I love the Rashad Salami. I saw a football in the parking lot once when yeah. I was a kid. Yeah. He caught it and threw it back. I thought God threw me the ball. I still got it. <laughs> oh, that's you know wonderful. I, mean? I, po- I Listen, I'm the only goof that had a poster of Raquel Welch and Dick Butkus in my room. Really? Are you kidding? Did you, and did you imagine them like together? Uh, from No. Uh, no. And no. I didn't imagine me with either one of them because <laughs> it was never going to happen anyway. But if it was, it would have been Raquel. The most perfect. <laughs> what was her uniform number in Kansas City Bombers, Mike? Do you remember I that one? it was. Wasn't it 11? Exactly right, Mike North. That's why you were a great sportscaster <laughs> so for all these years. Get with that. Are you kidding me? <laughs> I love that woman. She still looks sensational. Is she? And she's like about four foot three, right? She's a diminutive woman. She's a, as I she's recall. A, she's, Puerto, she's Puerto Rican born. Okay. Uh, I don't know if she's four foot three, Bruce. You got her in the Wizard of Oz. Fun you got size. her in the Wizard of Oz. Timmy got her in the Wizard of Oz a little bit over here. No, she was. She's the best. I think pinup woman ever. My my opinion. Well, speaking. Let's uh, look at the way. This is why I'm the professional broadcaster. Oh, or my used God, to are we be. That? We're going back to you know beautiful women. You got to be a beautiful girl to get along with the wonderful uh, uh, football players. The cheerleaders again. Here's my yeah. idea. The Northwestern cheerleaders. They're worried about losing their scholarships, which is the cheerleaders were getting like five grand a year uh, a scholarship for that. Northwestern with room and board and tuition, books and fees, seventy nine grand a year. That's a they're getting ripped off. I say, Mike, you and I start a cheerleaders union or become agents for the cheerleaders and get them twenty five grand a year. Uh, over and above their their scholarships, uh, this is a sweatshop that they're working in, and they well, have to be fondled by wealthy donors. Well, they always well, underpay. I, you know what? If that's all true, then you know the one thing I I want to say is we don't know if things are true or not. And like I said earlier, if you're going to resign from something, are you resigning because of your family? Are you resigning because of pressure? Are you resigning because something happened? Are you resigning because something else may come up? I think sometimes. To get out is the best way if you got yeah. a family. Now, I don't know if this guy's got a family or not, but. Uh, I don't like the conciliatory well, settlement oriented Mike North. I want the uh, Michael well, McCaskey, you're an idiot, Congress Mike North. got a slush fund for this. <laughs> Am I right or wrong? A slush fund? For this kind of stuff, for sexual. Uh, oh, you know, right. I mean, harassment uh, and stuff like that. Yeah, of course. Of course. Of right, course. Let's turn. Uh, David Letterman, we could name a million people off. If you got power, and mm-hmm. Mike Poliski, I don't think. Had the no, he's power. a fall guy. Yeah, right. He was trying to get in. Exactly. He was trying to get that next step. I feel bad for the guy, but that's the way it goes. That's the he'll be he'll be fine. He'll they'll, they'll yeah. secret him away somewhere uh, in Swift Hall, so uh, at Northwestern. I don't even know what that is. See, I just dropping names here because you know I went there because you know I got the great education. Who didn't? Exactly. And Every, a couple other guys. Yeah. So um, so we were making a reference to this before. I'm I'm uh. 
driving in trying to prep for this show tonight. So I figured, okay, I'll listen to the sports talk. Well, they were going for a half an hour. I mean, I guess the Bulls and the Blackhawks are doing nothing anymore. Right. So they for a half an hour, and I was trying to piece together this story, and they're ripping on Tony LaRusso, who is a septuagenarian, Tim. He is 76 yeah. years old, and he was named the White Sox manager again. He was Last time he was the manager of the White Sox was in 1986. So there still is hope for the oldsters, uh, Mike. Uh, you, you can be resurrected. There were still, there were still disco records on the field when he first was Absolutely. So here's the So here's the thing. They're going on, apparently, tell me if I got the story right, Last night, the White Sox are killing the Minnesota Twins, so they throw a position player in to pitch for the Twins, and he's just trying to get through the rest of the ball game. And your mean Mercedes, the star of the White Sox right now, swings on a 3-0 and pitch, and what, did he hit a home run uh, right. when he did that? And, of course, this is some kind of violation of baseball etiquette. And apparently LaRusa admitted that it was not the right thing for him to do and that there would be consequences on this. So the guys on the radio station were just apoplectic over the fact that LaRusa was whom they were against to begin with because Jerry right. Reinsdorf had named him the manager. And they don't like old guys a- anyway. Right. And they think he's out of touch and he, that he doesn't respect uh, Colin Kaepernick's view of the police. All that kind of stuff. Uh, they they uh, So they rip into him. And it, it sounded like, first of all, I, I can't believe that you know they turned it into such a, a federal case for a half an hour, but I understand right. sometimes you have to vamp. But what – it sounded like ageism to me. It sounded like there, there are rules in baseball, oh, and, you, and, and, and he's going to get – and Mercedes was going to get thrown at tonight because he hit the homer. Exactly. And first of all, that, that the, you know, when, when I first heard it, but I said, you know, Tony LaRusso maybe, you know, maybe could have kept it in the clubhouse. But then when he has to explain that the guy – had the take sign. So LaRusa gave him the take sign and he swung through it. Sorry, you don't you don't do that. You're you're a twenty eight year old rookie maybe for a reason. Okay. <laughs> you don't swing through a take Supposedly sign. Supposedly he missed the sign. Supposedly he missed it. Well then that's but, on him too. Right. So don't, right. don't miss the sign. Pay attention. And then he says this is the way I'm gonna play. That's not the way Tony LaRusa manages. And there is ageism in everything now. I mean uh, there there, are, there always has been uh, but I always tell people if I wanted to come back tomorrow and they'd have me, I'd win my time slot. Oh, so really? I don't, give a damn what it, I don't care how old you think you are. It's not, it's not about how old you are because in the radio, especially the radio world, okay, they, they're not supposed to be able to see. Or, yeah, you but know, Mike, you get fired the second you called them the Washington Redskins. And you would do it. <laughs> oh, I would. First of all, if there was Twitter in 92, I wouldn't have made it to 93. Okay? <laughs> there, there's, no, there's no doubt in my mind about this. But the fact that I came at the right time and the fact that all these geniuses work for 10 cents on the dollar now, you know, for an industry that still does pretty well, you know, they didn't want me around anymore because I – Still wanted the main bucks, and they didn't think right. that. We'll, we'll How much would you settle down. for now for afternoon drive on the score? <laughs> I'll try to make, make a deal. Because yeah. you know what I listen to now? Mm-hmm. I listen to a lot of music. I mute. You know, I hear the same group of people saying, Trubisky's not good. LaRusse's too old. Grandel's a great signing. I mean, I could go all night long, and I could pick out the same hosts that just are Part of the get-along gang, Bruce. Right. Well, Whatever was, happened to saying, what is wrong with me disagreeing and saying, yeah. some guy called me a meatball the other day. 
for saying that Justin Fields might not make it. Yeah. I'm the only guy in the world saying you know, that what, because everybody else No, is, I'm also saying scared. it too, but I don't count. But here's the thing, Mike. You do count, I though, don't but count. Tell you but, about but, but here's the thing about Justin Fields. I mean, Bears fans are like the proverbial you know, Charlie Brown running up to the football and Lucy swipes it away every single time. I mean, <laughs> how many times do we have to be fooled about a quarterback? We just got over the Trubisky thing, and now everybody is going gangbusters over Justin Fields. Might I remind you that other Bears quarterbacks out of Ohio State included uh, Mike Tomzak and Craig Krenzel. But that, and I don't think uh, Fields had a great game against Northwestern. It was one of the games that I saw him play. He may turn into a great quarterback. Back and he may have all the all the things that are, that are uh, that that you need in order to uh, get the Bears to a Super Bowl. But can't we have a little bit of restraint a discussion. here? Yes, you can't say. Wait, a guy that dropped that Nick Saban already told Bill Belichick this guy Mac Jones because Belichick loves Saban. They're buddies. You know, he asked about every quarterback that's come out of Alabama. This is the first guy that Saban said take him. They weren't right. even going to take Fields. Yet I'm supposed to believe. I would ask their <laughs> fans this. If they had the number one pick, were they going to pass up Trevor Lawrence for right. Justin Fields? Right. And if the answer is yes, I don't even want to have a discussion with you. And on top of that, Bruce, all of them may end up being busts. We've been around the block too many times, and we've seen the Tim Couches. We've seen the Ryan Leafs. We've seen... Cade McNown. The, <laughs> the Byron is The Cade McNowns. I was... I was convinced more than anybody he was going to be good. You're going to pick a, a bad one once in a while, but I was right on Trubisky. If Justin Fields has a 29-21 record, 10,000 yards passing, 65 touchdowns, 33 interceptions, and an 88 quarterback rating. Oh, I love the way you lather me with statistics, Mike. They, <laughs> oh. they, they <laughs> throw a parade for him. And what's funny about that, those are Trubisky's statistics. Yes, I, I, and, I, 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 and when you hear people say he's a bust, how can you say that? You're a you contrarian. Look? Nobody's defending Trubisky. You just, you're just trying to get publicity for yourself, Mike. Oh, oh yeah. Like, you hot dog, I, you I with onions. Yes. We don't want to be cocky here. <laughs> oh yeah. Well, they've been telling me I'm going back to the hot dog stand for 30 years, you know, but I don't want to be contrarian, but here's what I would tell everybody. I think you could say the same. We were big before Twitter. Okay. That's right. So it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. I made my bones by a debate. There's no more debate. You either do it, you agree with us, or we're going to try to shut you down. Right. That don't happen with me. All right. Bears 8-8 eight and eight this year uh, with uh, <laughs> and Abby Dalton. Thanks so much, Mike. We appreciate your joining us. You're the best, Good luck guys. to you with your you uh, gambling well. endeavors and uh, all that. Thanks, Mike North on Mount Rushmore. Of, uh, who, who else is you on too. Mount Rushmore? Bye-bye. Who else would be on Mount Rushmore, I guess? Dan Bernstein, maybe? Uh, sure. Bruce Wolf and Tim Slagle. I'm not even. I'm just making the noise. <laughs> my, my knuckles are. Oh, yeah, starting to hurt. Oh, they're really, really it's hurting. Two that's, shows. that's genuine fake. Yeah, imitation for wood. Um, so we've been talking today about this Northwestern cheerleading scandal and uh, how the athletic director had to resign and. Yeah, I guess I'm just such, so old school. Remember when flight attendants were called stewardesses, coffee, tea, or me? Sure, and, with uh, and the big TWA hats. There we go. And, uh, but that, that was gone by the time I started flying. It was my biggest to put. And then the Hooters airline came out for a while. Remember that? 
yes, and I and I really wanted to book a flight on Hooters because it seemed like the closest to the glory days of flying, the Mad Men era, where they had the mini skirts and the big hats yeah. and the and, wide and, belts. And there was and, mandatory smoking. <laughs> uh, you know, if you were a non-smoker, you had to go to the laboratory. Probably. <laughs> uh, no, and I just so they were they were called. There was. Uh, uh, do you ever remember the movie Bob Carroll, Ted and Alice? Sure. Oh, okay. There is a scene there where he's having a fantasy that he's on the plane and the stewardess, I believe it's the stewardess, who's wearing all in pink or whatever, takes off all their clothes. I, I may have, you know, the memory. <laughs> yeah, maybe, matter, wait a minute. That was my matter. fantasy. Yeah. There, there we go. But, but uh, they, they were called stewardesses, not flight attendants. And that's, so we've had a parallel change in, in what cheerleaders are supposed to be and now they're they're athletes they're called athletes and they can get ath- athletic directors fired it's and still not an olympic sport until cheerleading is an olympic sport it has no credibility uh, it's much. interesting but caitlin jenner would not like uh, a transgendering male to be able to compete in the female uh, cheerleading uh, if he had his druthers wasn't george bush wasn't george bush jr a cheerleader i thought he was george bush jr you mean you're the President Bush. Oh, yeah, President second, Bush. Second one. The, the second, second one was a cheerleader? I think he was. I, think I can't he... believe I voted for him. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah. Uh, but uh, I, I was wondering if – so – and they shouldn't be uh, fondled or anything like that by even wealthy donors. Uh, sure. But – How many of those donors do you think made a crack about tailgating right after they did it? I mean, <laughs> you know, it's actually embarrassing because I know mo- m- many of those wealthy donors are old guys, and they're probably younger than I am. And I'm saying, <laughs> come on. I mean, don't do this kind of thing. But um, I'm just wondering if it will ever get to the point where uh, if, if let's say, 5,000 fans are ogling the cheerleaders, if you could consider each one of those ogles uh, a microaggression so that in the aggregate you have a macroaggression – and you therefore can get a settlement from the university if you're a cheerleader. I'm just, you know, I'm always or thinking least, of the litigation. Or at, least, or at least have the student loan forgiven. I mean, if there's oh, if there's ever that been is such an a excuse, rip-off. I mean, eighty grand a year. It costs eighty thousand dollars a year to go to Northwestern. Well, you know that nobody's paying any of that. Yeah. <laughs> or they're taking out loans. Well, especially the last year, it was eighty grand a year for for a streaming service. Oh boy. Oh, my <laughs> I mean, you could. I, I am surprised that like University of Phoenix and that are not doing much better it, it, because it's the yeah. same. It's the same. Th- it's been the same but thing it, for the past year. It's always about the credential. You just get to say you know what you what you where you went, and yeah. uh, and that's. I, yeah. I always thought since I did go to Northwestern that uh, and I've never donated a cent, so I would never get invited to a tailgate party. But I thought that they should pay me because I was a semi-famous sportscaster in Chicago. And I would, I could say easily say that I went to Northwestern, and that would help the university. So why not pay me? Sure. Northwestern owes me money. That's I right. don't owe them money. That's the way I look at it. Speaking of political correctness, you know, I for, totally forgot about our karaoke segment. I, that was our bit. That uh, was asking Joan Esposito last time to see, and I didn't ask Mike North what his favorite karaoke song was. You still haven't sung for us, have you? No. You, uh, what, you, what, what are you, you going to sing you, for you're, us? You're better off. All right. Well, all right. I, I, this is not exactly karaoke. It's, it's going to be a, an a cappella um, parody, and only a mini parody, because I don't like parodies that go on and on. Give me the flavor sure. of it. Give me a tweet's worth, and that's sure. about it. You don't have to do the chorus more than once. Not really. Not so, a parody. 
Uh, John Cass, who was basically the heir to Mike Ryko, uh, although now he's been deep-sixed into the so-called opinion section of the Tribune and the headlines over his columns. You don't even see that it's by him anymore. That's how anonymous he's becoming. But he's, he's a good writer. And he was writing about how there's this movement uh, uh, afoot to rename Lakeshore Drive after uh, Jean-Baptiste Point de Sable. Uh, who was one of the early settlers of Chicago and who was black. And, of course, there is DeSable High School. And they, but they want to rename it. But Lakeshore Drive. I mean, that's, that's the iconic Lakeshore Drive. LSD. L- totally LSD. So what's going to be that? It's going to be J J B. You're 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 one step ahead of me right here. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. So no, that's okay. I've stepped on many of your, of your jokes, so it's okay. What sauce for the goose? Uh, I my wife and I got married uh, many years ago, and we drove in my father-in-law's Mercedes, up yellow Mercedes, up Lakeshore Drive to the Drake Hotel, which is a great view. You mm-hmm. see the Drake, and then you know we had the reception uh, for. 325 of my mother-in-law's closest friends. And, but, but you drive up Lakeshore. It's, like, it's Lakeshore Drive. You don't change the name of Lakeshore Drive. That's all sure. there is to it. Remember the song by Aliota and Haynes. Do you remember that song, Lakeshore Drive? Do you, no. so, certainly Chris must remember it. How can I do a parody? <laughs> if you call yourself a Chicagoan since 1986 and you don't remember the Aliota and Haynes Lakeshore Drive, you do remember it, Chris, don't I you? Am, I am too young to know it, but I do remember it. Okay, there you go. That's good enough for me. I'm on a <laughs> limb you know, right now. Do you know how I know it, though? How? Did you ever see a show called Dining Chicago? Yeah. It was essentially a guy was able to get a bunch of free meals, mm-hmm. and he got sponsored by the Chicago Restaurant Association. Yeah, yeah. That was the theme song. Well, right, and it's a great theme song for that. Uh, so you're not going to appreciate this one whit, uh, but, and there goes the Ed McMahon laugh on this one. <laughs> but, uh, I, and I'm going to have to do this a cappella, but here, here it goes. There's a road I'd like to tell you about, lives in my hometown. Jean-Baptiste Plant de Sable, it's called. That's a mouthful of syllables to sound. Switch on your turning signal when you're changing lanes. Turn on your virtue signal, bust just by changing names. Running south on Jean-Baptiste Plant de Sable, heading into town. Just slipping on by on JBPD, weekend murder bound. Please clap, said uh, Jeb Bush. Please clap. At least the sound of one hand clapping. All right, so there you go. So we're not going to get you to sing. All right, that's fine. You're better off. Okay, so were you educated at all about sports during the Mike North segment? Did that pique your interest at all? Oh, absolutely. I'm fascinated lying. I just thought it was unbelievable that these sports talk guys, and I'm just too old, I just don't care enough anymore, that they even cared that a baseball player was going to be, it wasn't even going to be fined, he probably was going to be told by his manager, hey, don't swing at a 3-0 and pitch. You know what a 3-0 and pitch is, right? No, you're looking at me with your eyes glazed. Yeah, right? no, yeah. no, I know. Yeah, uh, don't swing at a three and zero pitch. Right. Uh, when it's being tossed by a guy who's just trying to get the game over with, he's a position player. And sure. He did, and he hit a home run. But, but that's it's all this. It's against the old school stuff. Bruce, Bruce. Yes. Isn't taking a walk worse than trying to hit? Because the two there was two outs. By the way, I watched okay. the game. Oh, okay. There were two outs. Well, he two, should have swung guys, and missed at three two, straight pitches. Two guys took two horrible swings because the ball's coming at like 55 miles yeah, an hour, and yeah. they looked like you know they've never seen something that slow. 
and then Mercedes is three and zero. Wouldn't it be more rude to take a walk? That's my opinion. Uh, you know, I, now we're getting into the finer points of baseball <laughs> etiquette. I don't know who the Emily Dickinson well, of baseball, uh, not Emily Dickinson, the Emily guys, Post. The two guys in front of Mercedes swung. There's two outs. But did they swing on purpose uh, to miss? They, they may have whiffed on purpose. Do you think uh, Jake Lamb, who's trying to just get on a team, who's in because it's I don't 14 know. to 2, we, I think Judge, gonna, uh, do you think Judge, away in at bat? I think Judge Kenneth on Mountain Landis. Uh, should be investigating this. This could be the worst thing since the Black Sox scandal. The guys actually swung and missed on purpose to get the uh, game over with, and they actually threw the uh, They swung the on and missed on 55-mile-an-hour pitches. Yeah. Well, you know, that's, uh, that it, it's a change-up because he normally throws 65. And uh, <laughs> have, you ever, have you ever gone to one of those carnivals or state fair and thrown a baseball and see how fast you throw it? <laughs> Have uh, you ever done that? No. Yes, it's, it's what, way slower than you think you're able to throw. Way slower. So I do it with my son-in-law. This is the Wisconsin State Fair, like seven or eight years ago. My son-in-law and his father. And my son-in-law, and admit it, he had actually tried out for the White Sox years ago, and it, he threw 90 miles an hour back then. But the pitches did nothing. They just came in straight, so everyone got knocked out of the park, and that was the end of his budding baseball career. His father... So he threw it like 72, 73 miles an hour. And he ran up and threw it and everything. It was more like a you know, combination shot put and baseball throw, hammer throw, javelin. Um, his father got into the 50s. I get up there. Guess what it was? 35. 38 miles an hour. <laughs> and I said, wait, there's something wrong here with the machinery. Let me do this again. And I threw it again. And it was 38 miles an hour. And it's uh, really embarrassing. Now, of course, I was past my peak. I'm you know, sure I had gotten it to 42, 43, you know, when I was in Little Bruce, League. Uh, take the ball, get on your bicycle. You'll get it to there quicker. <laughs> I, really? I, but, yeah, you don't feel like uh, – I mean, Jamie Moyer was a thro- threw the ball slowly at like 75, 80 miles an hour. Uh, yeah, there is quite a difference there. Uh, you never – and, Chris, uh, how fast do you throw them? The baseball. Mine was like 52. Oh, that's pretty good. That's pretty good. I was a third-string quarterback my freshman year. Ooh, couldn't, very, throw, couldn't throw the deep ball though. That's why. Very. But you threw that. Did you, did you throw the deep out? I could. I could. I mean, okay. I, anything within 30 uh, yards. That's, is, is, that's, I'm, I'm okay that's pretty good. No, I. I've like been to like King County Cougars. Class A baseball games, and you just stand out there on the field. And these are guys who are never going to even make it. They're playing catch in the outfield, the right fielder, and the center fielder, and they just go like this. Ding. And it, the ball goes you know, uh, to the center fielder from the right fielder. And I would have to run up and throw. <laughs> I was once in a charity softball game at Wrigley Field. The bases were loaded. I was in a Cubs uniform, and Billy Williams hit a ball to center field. I said, please don't come to me, and it bounced off my glove. And I tried to relay it in, and I, they needed like four relays. They needed the, the <laughs> <laughs> Four by one hundred relay team, uh, the U.S. Olympic team, to get the ball back into the infield. So it was a four base error grand slam for Billy Williams. Okay, well that wraps it up. Thank. We got a bonus section coming up right we, here. We are going to play the Snopes game. Oh, I cannot wait for that. Oh. Bruce Wolf and Tim Slagle on the weekly wrap. I want to tell you, we all owe a big apology to the pride and joy of Illinois after what New England did to Denver yesterday, do we not? 
uh, a little apology? Somewhere between the apology we owe Elster E. Simon and the one we don't owe Anthony Porter? I missed the Bears yesterday having to go through a 25-hour fall Sunday. Without them was almost too much, and because of the bye. In my fantasy league, I had to bench Jay Cavallari. I assume he's taken her last day because what man would let his wife's insanity jeopardize his children's health? <laughs> I note that Mark Trestman still had planned a post-mortem press conference today had Nick Wallamba met his mortem. Trestman having been prepared to announce, I still have to look at the snuff film, but I can assure you Nick Wallamba was a good father. <laughs> My favorite part at the end. There. Oh, there you go. Boy, I... That guy talks too fast. I didn't understand that. <laughs> Who was that kid? I, I don't know. I don't know. I think it sounds like a comic imitator. Bruce Wolf and Tim Slagle. Um, the bonus segment. The bonus segment. So we're going to play this game called the Snopes game. I understand it's the first time we played it. Now, Snopes, correct me if I'm wrong, is this um, ideologically biased uh, fact-checking website, right? Yeah, yeah yes. originally it was the way to stop Internet rumors because all this stuff would mm -hmm. go on like Bill Gates is going to give a million dollars to someone who forwards this email. Right, and right, then Snopes right. was there to say, "No, he's not." But it is metastasized into uh, yeah, another left wing. Uh, right, correct. Site. Yes, okay. Would so you, this is called the Snopes game. So how, tell us how the game is played, Johnny Olson. <laughs> well, thank you, Bruce. So I will read the headline mm -hmm. from a Snopes investigated story that is circling the interwebs or whatnot. Okay. Then you and Tim will choose if this story is true. If it is false if it is unproven, or if there's some truth and some some part of it's false. So this they is according to... Is according this, to this Snopes. Is according to the, the, it's according to the... The fact checkers at Snopes, who as you've... We have to decide, to, we have to put ourselves in the shoes of the Snopes people, uh, now you are, not in the service of the platonic so, ideal, so, right? Yeah, exactly. As, as, as Tim stated, remember how Snopes started. It was disproving myths and whatnot, mm -hmm. right? Then all of a sudden they became a hard news fact mm -hmm. checker and they outgrew themselves, and they started hiring people that were like people that visited the site a lot. They'd send them an email and say, "Hey, we need help." So these are not investigative journalists. Sure, all right. Well, it's actually the woman who started it left. Barbara Michelson. Right. She left because her husband was using the GoFundMe money to buy hookers. Right. Is that a fact or is that unproven? Can we look uh, that up? Okay, on 50, 50, 50. <laughs> Okay. All right. All right, well, I think I understand the concept. It's multiple choice. I got a 25% chance. It's, you have a 25% chance. Now, do we have to there buzz in with the answer, or do we no, both no, get to answer? We both get both, to answer. Both get to answer. We'll okay. go through seven stories. Okay. Whoever has the most at the end has bragging rights. I'd sure. say gets to punch each other in the stomach once, maybe something along yeah. those lines. But gets to do a cappella uh, karaoke next week. Okay. <laughs> we, make, we make Tim learn the lyrics to uh, the new LSD. Sure. All right, so here is the first story. Okay, the first story. Are you ready? Yes. You sure? Yeah. Did Trump build a replica Oval Office at Mar-a-Lago? According to Snopes. According to Snopes, this was circulating on the Internet. Right. That Trump, because he still considers himself president to some, right. built just built his own Oval Office so he can operate out of Mar-a-Lago. I'm going to say Trump, uh, uh, Snopes says that that's a true story. Trump says. I'm going to say unproven. Unproven for Tim. Believe it or not, as far as we can tell, according to Snopes again, Trump's office at Mar-a-Lago is made up of right angles. Uh, this, is, this, is, this is how they get snarky, though. Uh, the, the beauty of, of Snopes getting snarky is he took in a picture. He has the p same picture that he had of his family behind him, and he bought a $3,500 desk that is close to the resolution, resolution desk. desk. 
That's that's how they say. But they still call it false to their credit. Yeah. But the desk, I got more respect for Snopes. And there. did you know that he brought his chair from New York, and that's what he used at, uh, at the, the White House? Yes. Did not. Is and he allowed to do that? Is that I, a constitutional violation? Something a, a lawyer yeah. might want to look oh, into. Yeah, lawyer. really do. It's uh, the, the Resolute it's, Desk replica is exactly the same minus Monica Lewinsky's fingerprints. hi yo. I mean... <laughs> So the chair is the same. It was her fingerprints we were talking about? <laughs> I didn't think it was that. Do you know this little-known fact? Uh, that the dress was... Monica Lewinsky was persuaded to produce the dress. Do you know this? By a woman named Lucianne Goldberg. Yeah. And you know who Lucianne Goldberg is the mother of? Jonah Goldberg. Huh. 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 How about that? Is that true? Is that unproven? We need to start a Bruce Wolf fact check. Okay. So this is false. Thank Let me you. show you the, the meme. John pulled it up. So this is what the meme that was going around. Trump has an exact duplicate Oval Office constructed inside Mar-a-Lago. Aides say he sits behind the desk for hours with three TVs playing of videos of the past rallies in the Capitol riot. So people, that had to be disproven by Snopes. That's great. And somebody put that out there. And how many Someone likes did it get? Oh, how many sure. retweets? Retweeted 4 billion times. Yeah, exactly. The important thing is it's still zero to zero because you both got it wrong. Oh, okay. So I let's thought Tim was closer. Well, you know, it's yeah. what, do, do you t- is testing at Northwestern if your multiple choice is closer? I, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. A topic that was discussed in one of the podcasts was Maricopa County elections database deleted. Was Maricopa mm. County's election database deleted? That's a good question, huh? Um. I'm going to say unproven. A couple days ago, President Trump, former President Trump, made right. a false claim that of, of electoral fraud, this time linked to the audit in Arizona. Now, he made a vast, vast, if you remember the release, did he mention this in it, and does it, is it included? Well, He's, wait, wait, wait. I know that Trump said the files were deleted. Yeah. Right. So this is how it starts, right? Okay. And now the great people at Snopes, the independent fact checkers, come in and tell you, what they think. So, Bruce, you are? Well, what they, they think is that it, it... Oh, boy. I'm, I'd rather have math on this test. <laughs> so, there's, there's only four choices. I mean, I even know what was said. But Trump said it, then they, that's what they fact-checked, right? They fact-checked whether it was. Whether it was deleted. And, and they said... What did they say? That that's, it, that's what you're saying. Did they say it is true that it was deleted? Oh, no. False? They, will, they will say that it's false. They will say that it's false that it was you're deleted. You're saying false? Tim, yeah. you are saying? I, well, I was going to say false, but I think they're going to go, um, oh, it's either mixture or, unpro- or unproven. I, think, I don't know uh, the difference. I think mixture. I think they're going to go you're mixture. You're going to go, the, there's some truth to it. No, I'm going to go unproven. 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 See, I don't even know the difference between answering unproven and 50-50. Unproven means they can't find the data to say whether it is. And then this is like, well, Trump said some things that were true. I think if you do a Venn diagram of unproven and 50-50, it it, it covers 50% of each answer. They call it false. Well, I got it right. So I know how to play this game. Yeah. Okay. So a a quick uh, little read on it here is that President Trump made – course they have to put inflammatory because they're this, sure, is a, right. this is a fact site so let's use you know, sure. adjectives claims about the management of the elections in maricopa county the site of intense protest and baseless speculation about electoral fraud in the 2020 election trump said the database at maricopa county was deleted this is illegal yada 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 
it is false because what actually happened was the state senate um, had said part of it, part of the drive that they can't mm -hmm. find. Now, the funny thing on this one is, let me get down to it here, they de then say that that part is true, but they do not give it a 50-50. <laughs> huh. They have yet to locate part of it, but because Trump made it a broad statement, right? His, sta his statement is false. So you get to go, you go look in Snopes. They say it's false when technically, when they admit later in the story it's 50 -50. that they still have not found or unproven, one or the other, certainly yeah. not false. Yeah. But because Bruce is reading into the minds of the twenty-two-year-old yeah. sure. undergrad that is doing, I uh, knew it because it, it's a knee-jerk reaction to Trump that is right. sleeping with so Barbara Michelson's no, ex-husband. Yeah, there's no nuance to it. You just have to put yourself in the mind of a Snopes person. Do Snopes? Do Snopes have Snopes persons as spokespersons? Is that true? Say, say that ten times real fast. Difficult. All right, moving on. Bruce is up one to nothing. Did a man forge his dead wife's vote for Trump? This man has been charged, to give you a little background, with first-degree murder of his wife, Suzanne. Did he also vote for her? Um, unproven. Unproven, says Tim. Bruce. I'm sorry, Bruce. Tim. I'm going to say 50-50. I'm going to say uh, he did. There, a guy did vote for his dead wife, but uh, did not murder her. Is not charged with murder. Is this Drew Peterson? Uh, yeah. Is so he didn't Blast murder the, the third wife, but he he forged the fourth <laughs> wife's signature on the ballot. Right? You put her in a fifty-gallon drum. Does she die? You don't know. That's fifty-fifty. Right. At 50 That's fifty-fifty. Yeah. So it is unproven. Oh. Uh? Which is not fifty-fifty. <laughs> Did I say unproven? You said unproven. Yeah. So I'm. I'm, I'm oh ahead. man, so, you are. You are. So in the, I think in we're the, gonna have to invoke the slaughter rule now. I think I won. <laughs> yeah. He is charged with murdering his wife, mm -hmm. and he has said that he thought it would be okay because she would have voted for him. Right. But they cannot prove that he did vote for him. Will that so, vote be deducted from the Maricopa this County? Is this is Colorado. Oh, Colorado. Mm -hmm. All right. Trump still lost Colorado, yeah. right? Moving on. If she was buried in Arizona, would wait, it count wait, in Maricopa wait. County? That sounds like a 50-50. I would, I would again. It, it's, a, it's, it's the opposite 50-50 that I got, but that is a, but Snope said it's a, it's a, it's unproven. So. Boy, stand-up comics are smart. Because <laughs> <laughs> I, like, lost interest in this after I, I was told that I was right. Okay, well, I'll He's move right, on. Move on to the next okay. one. We have to remember that. Move right. quickly when Bruce is right. Smarter so he's, Otherwise, like a lawyer, he'll argue his point that he didn't get it. Right. Was Rand Paul right all along about the CDC mask mandate? According to Snopes? According to Snopes, was Rand Paul right all along about False. the CDC mask mandate? False. The U.S. Senator rejoiced at revised guidelines allowing fully vaccinated people to relax, relax mask mandates during the COVID-19 pandemic. Was he right all along? You say false, Bruce? Yes. I'm sticking with Bruce. I don't want to get creamed. I'm going false. Can too. I tell you a quick Rand Paul story? Sure. Okay, so uh, we're doing the CPAC convention, a uh, conservative convention in Chicago. Where I'm on WLS Radio with Dan Proft at the time, and uh, we have lots of people around us, and Rand Paul is our guest. And, of course, the big names at WLS at that time were Don and Roma, and, they, and Rand used to be on their show a lot. I think we were substituting for them. 
And so Rand Paul, uh, who can be a smart aleck, and he just wanted to be funny, he says, oh, I kind of wish Don and Roma were here. And I said, I kind of wish uh, Ron Paul were here. <laughs> so uh, there you go. Uh, is that true, <laughs> false, or did I just make it up afterwards because I didn't have the guts to say it then? You said it in your mind. Exactly. Said it in my mind. So You get a point. You both say false on this. I was shocked that they gave this a 50-50 mixture. Really? Are, are you not shocked? Yeah, yeah. I thought they'd say false. And there's and maybe it is the weird, no one knows where they're at with the uh, wearing the mask anymore. What part is true is that Paul, uh, as we know, clashed with Fauci, saying that he could go unmasked if he was fully vaccinated, and the whole mask thing was theater. Two months later, the CDC announced that uh, that is true. What's false, they say, is Paul claims don't take into account the CDC's ongoing investigation, yada, yada, even though the guidelines were announced in May. So they're giving him credit, even though he was saying it early. Hmm. Some do, do we have to do all seven? No, we're doing five because we're at our 12-minute mark. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's, like, it's like we got rained out. Is it an official game after five? Okay. It's an official game when we hit the 12-minute mark. Exactly. So, okay. and this one is from the old timey category of songs. Okay. Was the Muffin Man song, Bruce, a couple bars, please? I, d- I don't. Oh, the Muffin Man, the Muffin Man, the Muffin Man. Was it a warning about a 16th century serial killer? Hmm. This the is mu- what Snopes was invented for, by the way. All this oh, the Muffin thing. Killer. Yes. False. I will say true. You were sorry. True and uh, false. They give this one unproven. And the reason they give it unproven, to quickly put a bow on this, is because they can't find any records from the 16th century. (laughs) 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 When when did Gutenberg come around? (laughs) Was he was he around? That was his first story. Muffin Man kills two. (laughs) Yes. So that's how Snopes works. Yeah. That's how the game works. I like that game. Bruce won two to zero. I I like that's a good game. It's very intellectual, NPR-ish kind of. uh, game like knock knock look who's talking or whatever that game is they play on NPR. how is that the biggest thing on npr have I you listened know. to more than five minutes of that no, no. especially with a studio audience where they talk or they cheer over the lines it's it's a, it's a complete mess yeah. anyway the biggest thing on npr though is like the world's tallest midget isn't it <laughs> there you go we can end on i've enjoyed this thoroughly i'm exhausted as well it was too much of an intellectual exercise at the end Let's get you in a cold bath. We will. We will. Thank you so much, Tim. Until next time. Chris, au revoir.